0: Good afternoon, Sixers fans. The Sixers win last night against the New York Knicks, ninety-nine to ninety-six. That rhymed. I'm Jerry Green here with Corey Camacho. <laughs> <first>, let's talk. <laughs> and we're going to. What's recap up, Jerry? Uh, what's up? How you doing?
1: I'm right. doing good. Any win without Joel Embiid is a good win.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. It was a little bit sloppy in the beginning, but the second half, Sixers really picked it up, and uh, they pulled away with the win, especially that fourth quarter defensively the Knicks just couldn't get anything on us um, a great team performance guys like Tobias Harris stepping up in big shots Seth Curry had a great uh, third quarter um, you know just good to see everyone on the team getting involved and picking up the slack with and beat out
1: yeah for sure and in that fourth quarter especially I didn't watch the game of my mother's birthday happy birthday mom but that fourth quarter, I saw we were down, like, 10 points. And I watched all the highlights, of course. We were down, like, 10 points. And we went, like, I believe, 12 or something unanswered. And the Knicks didn't score in a handful of minutes. So, in the clutch time, the Sixers were good. It, was all, it almost kind of had that feel, like, to that Pacers win when we came back from, like, 15 with eight minutes left. And that was also without Joel Embiid.
0: Yeah, let's start this off by talking about Tobias Harris because he had a great game. 30 points. Um, eight of those came in the fourth quarter. And he was just the guy hitting the big shots in the big moments. Um, Julius Randle was the, he was, you know, he's obviously been the next best player of the season. And Tobias was tasked with guarding him. In that second half, Randle went, uh, I think, 19 minutes straight without scoring. So Tobias did a great job there. Randle finished the game with seven of 19 from the field, just 19 points. Uh, He was two assists away from a triple-double, so he he still had somewhat of an impact. But uh, Tobias definitely helped control that, and especially in that second half, like I said, uh, just completely stifled him. And the Knicks offense was completely stifled. They only scored 14 points in the entire fourth quarter um, as a group.
1: Yeah, and this is a statement from Tobias. Obviously, Randall made the All-Star game over him. And honestly, if I'm picking the All-Star teams, I think he deserved it more. Uh, but that's just mainly because Randall's their number one guy. Tobias, I could, I think you could say, is our number three guy. I mean, really, when you think about it, in certain situations. Uh, but yeah, Tobias, thirty points, and he locked up Randall. Randall really only sh- he shot seven to nineteen, only had nineteen points on the year. Randall's averaging twenty three. Uh, I said Randall still had a great night though. He had fifteen boards too and eight assists. He's just one of those grit kind of players, uh, and I express my like my loving for him. Uh, that's a strong word. Uh, <laughs> the All Star <laughs> podcast. But we're not going to edit that out. We're just going to keep going. Uh, but yeah, Tobias, I really like what I saw <laughs> defensively. He has been really good this year, too. He was four, six, and three. I mean, what else can you say? Great night from the, I would say, our star without him being really.
0: Yeah, I think it was kind of clear to Tobias that uh, he took that All Star snub personally. Uh, you could see him and he did confirm this in the post game interview. You could see him after like um, uh, after I think he scored in the fourth quarter, he screamed out, I'm an all-star. Um, <laughs> so, it, you know, he feels like he deserved it. And I can't really disagree with him. He's having a great season. Obviously there were serving candidates who were chosen ahead of him, but still um, he, he's been a great player. He's playing at an all-star level and, uh hopefully he can keep this up with him beat out. He's like the go-to guy on offense. Uh he was reliable last night, 55% from the field, and like you said, four six from three. Um Tobias, um I he really stepped up as a leader on this team. And last year, let's not forget just last year, everyone hated him so much talking about how his contract was so bad we have to get off of it this offseason. Um, but he's he's quickly turned that around and become one of the fan favorites this year.
1: Yeah. And I was one of those guys. I mean, I didn't hate him. I just hated his role. I did not like, he didn't fit the role in Philly. And I was saying, trade him, trade him, trade him. I was one of those guys. I'm not going to lie. Uh Once stock came in and I felt it was a little too late to trade him. I said, well, you might as well give him at least half the season. And I'm pretty sure I was on the air saying that, give him half the season. And I, he has proven that he is an all-star caliber player. And, Honestly, the with what I saw from last night, you know, that that shows how much heart he has and passion for the game that he knows he's the best out there, even though if he's not, that's that's something you love in your players. And it's great to see it, Tobias. But anyways, let's talk about Ben Simmons, too. He had 16 points, 13 boards, seven assists. So obviously three assists shy of a triple double shot eight of 14. So efficient night. Uh, ben Simmons, another good night for him. I mean, there's not much else to note there for him.
0: Yeah, Ben Simmons, you know he's just uh, orchestrating everything. He played great defense as well. The team in general played good defense. In um, that first half, I guess you could say both teams were playing good defense, or maybe both teams were just playing bad offense. It was a very, very sloppy game in the first half. Um, guys like Danny Green, who finished the game one of ten, he shot one of eight in the first half. Uh, it, it was not a lot of, te- not not a lot of players on either team were hitting their shots. Um, but that definitely changed in the second half. Uh, and the in the third quarter, let's talk about the third quarter, where Seth Curry lit it up. He had 14 points in that quarter, and he really helped us uh, stay in the game. We were trailing behind, and it was quickly approaching the territory where, uh, like, you get to the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden Tyrese Maxey, Terrence Ferguson, Paul Reed, Isaiah Joe are in the game. But Seth Curry started to light it up. He hit some shots, and – inspired a comeback, which kept the Sixers in the game. In the fourth quarter, uh, those defensive stops helped us take the lead, and then uh, we closed it out with help from Tobias. And, you know, it was as bad as the first half was, the second half was just as good.
1: Yeah, and, you know, Curry 4-7 for 3, uh, that's obviously good to see. Curry's had some struggles in the, I would say, like this part of the season, this halfway, like midway mark. Uh, Danny Green, obviously, he really wasn't a factor, 1 of 10, 1 of 7 from 3. Like you mentioned, he this was really hitting shots. But let's talk about the center position again because, you know, it's obviously controversy every single game. Do you like Tony Bradley's spot in that starting lineup? You know, he got 10, 10 rebounds, 1 assist, uh, but he only takes, like, 1 or 2 shots, which I don't I don't know if I mind. I think that's fine. and let the star power do the work. Or do, Would you like to see Dwight in, who has a more balance? Uh, stat sheet with 11 points, 12 boards and Dwight ended up having more minutes, you know, 11 more minutes. So who do you like more out there?
0: Uh, I like, I like Tony Bradley in the starting role. Um, not because he's like the better player, but like you said, Dwight plays more minutes. He's going to play more minutes, more time, more often than not. Uh, But it's just like Dwight, he's, he's, um he's gotten accustomed to this role of coming off the bench. It's what he's going to play when Embiid comes back. So, you might as well stay there and just let Tony Bradley fill in. Um, and it kind of, it helps the dynamic of the team a little bit because, you know, in the starting lineup, they don't need a guy to do too much. Tony Bradley is going to go out there, get the rebounds, and be sort of solid on both ends. Um, Dwight is a guy who brings a little bit of spark in those bench units that sometimes need some help on offense and really on both ends of the floor. Dwight, he can, like, get a, a big blocker. Uh, offensive rebound putback tony bradley is not going to be the guy to do that so if you throw him into that bench lineup that sometimes struggles to have uh energy or spark then uh, i think it would mess up some things so i like what doc rivers has going here where tony bradley plays with the starters and dwight howard comes off the bench
1: yeah and i'm in the same boat with you i think it's the right decision 100 and jerry how about that dwight howard block on julius randall he met him at the rim and just sent that <laughs> ball flying and Julius Randle flying. That was awesome because Randle's obviously, I think it's safe to say, you know, he's one of the bigger, stronger guys in the league, especially when he's inside the paint. But Dwight Howard met him out the rim, met him at the rim, and just set it back.
0: Yeah. And Dwight, you know, we talked about him last episode where he was embracing the crowd, and we talked about the Frosties um dwight on his instagram story that the following day posted a picture of him at wendy's with the with the free frosty that he earned um so you know he's been he's been great for the locker room on and off the court uh it's great to see him embrace the city and he's just a fun guy to root for
1: yeah i love dwight and let's talk about the bench a little bit more now so the bench it really wasn't that much of a factor you know they put up 30 points so more than what it was, like, I would say a couple of weeks ago when the bench was really a problem, but less than what it has from recently. Obviously, did not matter in the end. You know, Cork Miles standing with 12 points, but he shot 4-12, including 1-6-3. of six and, three. and Dwight Howard, obviously, we mentioned him with 11 points. But after that, there's only a combined seven points with Milton, Theibel, and Scott scoring those seven points.
0: Yeah, I mean, shake Milton, not his best night. for Cork Miles was 4-12 from the field, 1-6 from three. Not his best night. Uh, Matisse, on offense, the shots were falling, but he played well defensively. Mike Scott didn't get a ton of minutes. Um, and Matisse, he finished with three blocks and a steal. Uh, he is insane. I want I want to see Matisse get some more minutes. He's averaging like 17, 18 minutes a game. Played 17 and a half last night. I want to see him, you know, get 22, 23 minutes a game. Um, I, I really think, like... Obviously, whether the shots are falling on offense or not is a question. He's inconsistent. can't really rely on him to space the floor. But defensively, he just brings so much to the table. I want to see him get some more minutes uh, because he's really been earning it these past few games.
1: Yeah, in all actuality, Jerry, here's my theory. Saibal with MB back is better in the starting lineup because with the bench, you know, we obviously don't have that many guards that can really run the floor. So Thibault in the starting lineup, he can just really do his thing defensively and occasionally drop threes while Tobias, Simmons, Curry, and Joel Embiid are taking all the shots, and Danny Green too. So Thibault honestly would be a good fit, I think, in the starting lineup. Uh, Obviously, you'd have to take somebody out. But now Thibault's role is on the bench.
0: Yeah, and it's funny you bring that up um, because I was just thinking of this the other day. I was wondering if maybe Seth Curry should be moved down to the bench and we bring Matisse to the starting lineup. Um, obviously bring Matisse to the starting lineup for the reasons we are just said, but maybe Curry would play better coming off the bench. He's come off the bench most of his career and that's where he's been most effective. Um, so, and uh, you know, obviously he's been struggling lately. He did not struggle this game. So that's, that's kind of why I actually forgot about, I was going to bring it up, but I forgot about it just because he played so well. But um, that if, he continues to have like on and off nights. I think bringing Seth Curry to the bench and bringing up a guy like Matisse Leibel, maybe even shake Milton might be beneficial for the team because Seth Curry can kind of run the offense, you know, just as good as shake Milton can, I'd say. Um, so you don't really have to worry about that too much. And uh, you know, like I said, he'll bring some playmates to the bench, but maybe when he's playing against other bench units, he'll get a few more open looks and maybe find his rhythm a little bit more. And, be able to knock down some more of those shots and just consistently find his stroke and uh, shoot the ball a little bit better. I I don't know. It'd be worth experimenting maybe with him beat out if the team starts to get desperate, but yeah, um, I I just wanted to bring that up.
1: Yeah. I mean, seriously, that that's the first time I really heard about something like that. And I like that idea because Curry and shake running the guards uh, off the bench. I think that would be a good, good dynamic little duo there. I mean, coming off to the bench, you know, Shaq's obviously not the most efficient three-point shooter, but he does what Curry usually doesn't do. And Curry does what Shaq doesn't do. And, you know, Shaq drives, he gets aggressive, and Curry just shoots threes, really. But he can go, he can drive when he wants. Uh, but I really like the idea. That, that should definitely be worth experimenting at some point. But now let's talk about the Knicks. Not much to say, really. You know, obviously we mentioned Julius Randle. You know, R.J. Barrett, He's been a questionable two year player so far. Uh this year he's averaging seventeen six and three. Uh that's seventeen points, six boards, and three assists. And around the same as last year, but he's not he hasn't been the most efficient shooter, I would say, throughout his career. Uh, he's kinda had an interesting story. Obviously he was always a sidekick to Duke, you know, with uh Zion Williamson, obviously. And he I believe he was the second overall pick two years ago. But uh Barrett, There's- what do you think about Barrett?
0: Yeah, he was a third overall pick after John Morant, yeah, but, but um, I'm actually a fan of RJ Barrett. Uh, he can his skill set, you know, the jumper isn't there, but he, he's not very polished. Um, and like you said, the efficiency is a big, big part of his game that he still has to get. But I don't know. I mean, he's pretty comfortable with the ball in his hands. He can play solid defense as a playmaker. He's all right. I, Like, he's pretty well-rounded, and I think he has potential. Um, I don't know. Like, this year's rookies, let's compare him to those because, honestly, like, I had this idea before that I think I probably would have taken R.J. Barrett first overall if he was in this year's draft. Um, Like, you know, he's obviously been overshadowed by Zion and John Morant, and, and he didn't get a lot of hype in his rookie year. And despite playing in a big market like New York, he doesn't really get a ton of media attention um i i do think he's a solid player he he goes on these runs where he'll have like five or six really good games and then he'll play a tough opponent He'll and okay. then he'll kind of struggle for a game or two but I, I i'm really i'm i'm not gonna say i'm in or out on rj bear yeah i need to see him play a little bit more and maybe put some different guys around him like right now the knicks that they, they're having a pretty good season to their credit they're above or they they With this loss, they fall under 500. but, you know, they've been in the playoff picture in the East all season. Um, But I I don't know. Maybe if you put some more shooters around him, he'll succeed more. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think he has the potential to be a good player, but he hasn't shown a whole lot of that throughout his career. Yeah,
1: and Barrett's still an above-average player. Uh, He's just, like, an interesting player, you know, a name that's, not like you said, not brought up that much. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how his career plays out. I'm interested to see where he ends up, you know, in a couple of years. But last Nick, I really want to talk about <laughs> is Emmanuel quickly and how good he's done. Uh, last night, he shot six eleven, had 13 points. He's probably, I would say, I would say the most valuable. Now, you can't say that because of the higher picks. But like in the later round of the draft, I would say he's the most valuable uh, player from this draft class.
0: Yeah, you know, I I think it's probably between him and and maybe Peyton Pritchard. Pritchard hasn't been that good recently, but quickly he's had a good rookie year so far. Um, not the best night shooting last night, and Thibodeau did entrust him with the would have been the game tying shot at the end of the fourth quarter. It, the Knicks were it was they were down ninety six to ninety nine, and he took a three pointer with like ten seconds left. Um, he missed it and the Sixers won the game, but, you know, it, it shows a lot that the coach had enough faith for him to even be out in the court on that, and to even be out on the court in that moment um, and much less, you know, being the one taking the shot. So he, it's, it does say a lot about how he's playing this year. And I, I think he's been a good pick, but he's, he, I don't think he's like this generational player. I just think he's throughout his career, he's going to be a solid guard who can bring a little bit of, of a scoring punch. Um, have his on and off nights last night was a little bit more towards an off night. He couldn't really knock down jumpers. Yeah. And
1: I think he'll be a solid role player throughout his career, as you mentioned as well. And the last thing that we should just mention briefly is Alec Burks, obviously six or last year. He's, he's kind of been like a knockdown. shooter. He got 35 minutes last night. He had 19 points shot only six of 15 though, but three of eight from three. So average from the three point, but Burks, I mean, from the games I've seen the Knicks play, he really has been like one of those knockdown type shooters coming off the bench.
0: Yeah. And the Knicks, uh, their team is in a weird spot. They have a lot of guards. Like I said, Emmanuel quickly. Um, you could call RJ Barrett a guard. I guess Alec Burks. And then they just traded for Derek Rose plus Frank Nolikina. Um, And Derek Rose is hurt right now. So it, that bolsters Burks minutes and Quickly's minutes, but um, Burks, he actually played 36 minutes last night off the bench, which is something I just noticed. He was out on the floor a lot and he did have a pretty good night, put some points on the board for the Knicks. He was actually tied, um, with 19 points with Julius Randle for the leading score. Uh, I, I mean, the Sixers, he didn't play a long time here. We traded for him like right before the pandemic hit. And it was really only 10 or 20 games before the pandemic. And then whatever happened in the bubble, which I really don't like to think about as a Sixers fan. Um, But another guy that they have that the Knicks have, Austin Rivers, he's been brought up with the Sixers a few times, but um, I heard that Doc Rivers doesn't want him to play for the Sixers just because it would be kind of weird for him to coach his own son, uh, which is kind of a shame because he would be a really good fit on this team. He played under Daryl Morey in Houston before, so there's that connection too. Um, And he's not getting minutes, so they could get him for cheap, but, if Doc doesn't really feel comfortable coaching him, then I guess they really shouldn't go out and get him. But uh, he would be a guy who would be nice to add to the rotation. Alec Burks is definitely a guy we're kind of missing a little bit, just with the way the bench hasn't been able to score. Um, and one more former Sixer, Nerlens Noel. He had four blocks last night. He's This season, he's just been racking up a ton of blocks. Mitchell Robinson's been out with an injury for a while. Um, so he's been playing that starting center role. And... You know, he doesn't shoot the ball a lot, but he's pretty efficient when he does. He just grabs rebounds and blocks shots.
1: Yeah, and I was like Nerland's back in the OG days, as all you millennials used to call him. I say that like I'm not a millennial. Uh, but that's going to wrap this one up. Last night, the Celtics lost the Jazz, and the Heat won. The Heat are streaking. They're 22-18 and 18 now. And, Jared, tonight's the big night. I've been waiting for tonight for a long time. Do you know what tonight is?
0: Uh, Six years play the Bucs. Yeah.
1: Yes, indeed. First time playing the Bucks this year. And we're only three games up over them. So this is, or well, two and a half. So this is a big game. If we can beat the Bucks, it's a statement game. So thank you for everybody tuning in. And we'll be sure to recap the game after tonight.
0: Thank you.